Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. I would love to have be able to see two sermons today, one on the text from Romans and one on that powerful and controversial text from the Gospel reading a text that makes very clear to you and me that the Christian life is not a safe life. But that sermon is for three years from now when we read that text again. This sermon is all about the epistle reading. And it's all about the epistle reading because once every three years, we go through the book of Romans, and it's always over the summer when all of you are away. But right now, because of COVID-19, we have you hostage. And you are going to hear the book of Romans maybe for the first time in your life over the next three months. The epistle reading that we just read is all about hope. And I want you to scroll back up on your PDF and find the epistle reading. I want it to be in front of you. Yes, you. Do it now. Scroll up. If you're in this room, find it in your bulletins. We're going to do a Bible study with this sermon here today. Are you there? Okay. Right there, at the very beginning, St. Paul writes this. Since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Justified by faith. Peace with God. What Paul means is that you and I have been made right with God, not by our own merit or by our own efforts, but through the person and work of Jesus Christ. Not by our efforts, but by the efforts of the Son of God. This is the good news of the gospel. This is the peace that surpasses all human understanding. This is what this church is all about, and I can really just end the sermon right here. But I won't. Because what is especially, or equally, or even more so remarkable about this text is that the announcement that I just read is unpacked in Paul's clarifying comments in the following verses. He says that God's love and acceptance is extended not to, as Jake loves to say, good people getting better, nor to the allegedly neutral And if there's anything that we've learned over the past three weeks, it's that no one is neutral. But God's love and acceptance is given to the plainly bad. And even more to the implicitly or the complicit. Jump down to the bottom of the start of that second paragraph. For while we were still weak, At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. When? Good people getting better? Neutral? 
while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Now, even before the killing of George Floyd, we did not like to think of ourselves as complicit in wrongdoing. But for Paul, the reality that God revealed his love for us while we were still undeserving is how we can be assured that God will love us no matter what. What Paul makes clear here is that God does not wait for us to take the first step toward him or again to get to that neutral position. The text says in verse 8, God proves his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Notice, God proves his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Friends, this is the good news, and it's too good to be true. As the text goes on to say, not many of us would die for a righteous person. But who of us would die for someone we find despicable? In other words, God is the friend who's come to our house before we've had any time to clean up the overflowing sink, the dirty floors, the unmade beds, and he still wants to be your friend. And just as this good news starts to sink in, because it's really good, just when you think, that's about all the good news I can handle, Paul gives us even better news. There's better? Yes, there's better. Scan to just after there's an asterisk in the second paragraph. We were enemies. We were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more surely, having been reconciled, Will we be saved by his life? If God has already made right what had gone wrong, how much more will he ensure salvation to those who have already been made right? If God has already made his enemies friends, how much more will he keep his friends friends? In other words, if God has already done the hard part, how much more likely is he to complete the job by doing the easy part? This is the chain of Paul's logic. It's as if a rock climber had struggled up a sheer rock face against all the odds to get to the top of the vertical wall. This rock climber, she is not going to give up when at the top of the rock, all she is faced with is an easy stroll on a grassy path to the summit itself. This is the force of Paul's argument. If someone has driven to the other end of the country through rain, snow, fog to see a friend in need, he is not going to abandon his quest when he arrives at the house. The sky is clear, the sun comes out, and all he has to do is walk up the garden path and ring the doorbell. That is the force of Paul's argument in this text. And this 
my friends, this is why we have hope. We are no longer worried about measuring up to an unaccommodating moral standard. What Paul is saying is that you are loved and accepted by God no matter what. My friends, it takes a lifetime to fully comprehend this truth, to fully internalize this reality, this balm of Gilead. But as we do, we find that it is liberated. We are unconditionally loved. So we are free to take inventory of ourselves, to no longer pretend that we're not complicit in all of this mess. And we don't have to get defensive because we're accepted, we're loved, it's over. God will never let us go, as the great song says. And so we are free from our obsession with personal performance. There is, therefore, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, as Paul will say a few chapters from now. Did you hear that? There is now, because Christ has made his enemies his friends, he has done the impossible, there is now no condemnation for you and me. And so we can live principally to serve our neighbor without fear or judgment. We are free. We are free indeed this is the best news that there is. This is the only reason why I'm here. If this were not true, then I would rather be a lawyer and make real money. This is the gospel. And it's good for you. It's good for your neighbor. It's good for everyone. So glory be to Jesus Christ and hallelujah. I've got no more words. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.